Hi guys. Hello. Welcome to Ed Arlene Spiritcast. If you knew this podcast, we talk about all things related to mindfulness, magic, metaphysics, astrology, tarot, Reiki, and anything in that realm. Today we have two guests. Uh, we have Olivia, she's also known as the Witch of Wonderlust, and we have Mystic Dylan. Um, if we sound a little bit different, it's because we are still practicing our social distancing. And uh, it's been interesting. I've been ordering a bunch of books. <laughs> As per usual, I don't think that's really out of character. Yeah, I have uh, uh, the Practical Herbal Medicine Handbook. Um, I'm, it's really, it's really juicy. I'm like excited to actually like, I've always made like home remedies. And it's kind of funny because today we're talking about um, folk magic and I guess that would be considered a part of it, like those remedies you make. Um, what's the one I do for headaches, turmeric? Um, what, what do I call it for the headaches? I thought you were talking about your like flu one, the tonic. Oh, flu yeah, thing. I have the flu tonic too. Um, the, the tonic works. Yeah, that, that one actually works. I, <laughs> I'm not saying your migraine one doesn't work, but... That the migraine one's 50 50 because you can't predict migraines, but I the that pain relief, the anti inflammatory in it, it like definitely helps with other body pains. It helped with my arthritis, but mm -hmm. uh, See, this I like book, the, gold, the golden milk you put me on yeah, that gold. I see when I would make it, I would do um chai tea and then the turmeric. Um, and like almond milk, but mm. I think I think what for golden milk you leave the tea out of it, right? It's like honey. Um, it's like it's turmeric. Um, I use agave, turmeric, agave, um, cardamom, like black pepper. It's like really spicy. So basically, you're just making like a deconstructed um, chai tea on on steroids. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but the healing aspect. I think the main healing is um is the turmeric and then chai tea has caffeine in it and caffeine helps with like headaches oh um, yeah that's why i would use the chai tea um and then like when i got desperate i was just like throwing turmeric in my coffee but this book is like the uh the like official way to like make that stuff and like yeah and the thing that um i thought i just started reading it and the thing that's interesting about it is it talks about how our um the pharmaceutical industry i guess they do study like natural um herbs and stuff like that and a lot of medicines are derived from these uh natural herbs and one of them i thought was peculiar was uh aspirin i guess is found in this one herb or it's made from uh shoot i wish i could remember what it was called uh, i'd have to get back at you guys with that but uh, a lot of medicines like one of the main you know, the main ingredients are these herbal remedies. And um, some people will just start taking that herb instead of buying, um, we'll use aspirin as an example, um, because uh, of the additional ingredients that might cause other issues. And you have a aspirin allergy. So I was like, I'm very curious if you would still have the same reaction to the herb. Yeah, I, think it's, I think it's interesting because I have the um, inflammatory reaction to aspirin and ibuprofen. So yeah, so, I'm yeah. curious if I do the herb, it will like 
fix that issue instead of taking the, you know, as an alternative to actually taking any type of medicine. Because I can't take it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah. And the other book I got is really good. It's a Scott um, Cunningham complete book of incense oils and brews. And that's like full witch. And it's really like, man, it's good. It talks a lot about like the power, the energy that's like in plants and oils and stuff like that. And then how you're using your energy to work with it for whatever your purpose is. It's like Mm -hmm. your personal energy. Which I think like is a big part of any kind of practice. I mean, would you agree? Well, I think that it is your personal energy. That's my opinion. I mean, everybody practices their style of um, mysticism the way they want to, I guess. It's like whatever you give your belief to is what you give power to. But I choose to believe that your power comes from within and that it's all you. So you're infusing your energy, your power into everything that you do. And that's you. It's not you don't have to do all the extra juju and have necessarily have the altar unless you want to. Like that's totally cool. Like that's just my how I roll. But it's all it's just what you want to do. So yes, what he says is that the like things like um, having an altar, um, saying like a quote like spell is just to like enhance that energy though it I doesn't feel like it focuses it well, i feel like it hones it in further and focuses that intention yeah that's what but, he said yeah. pretty much oh, yeah nice nice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he helps you focus it's to help focus like some people um he said some people are really bad at like visualizing and um whenever you are using these certain, you know, things and words and stuff like that, it helps with your intention. And then, um, but then you have like the herbs and things like that, that have their own energy that correspond. But he was saying that what you use is basically up to like, uh, what resonates with you as well. So like, if I don't know, you're trying to like do money thing, if for whatever reason, green doesn't resonate with you you would use the color that felt like money or opulence to you which might be say gold um I so there's a lot of like creating your own um practice mm-hmm. and tailoring like traditions with what works for you and i and, you know you know there's a lot of different types of traditions and stuff and like a lot of people do things based off of their upbringing or their the tradition the traditional way of practicing it and you know stuff like that yeah you you do things the way you're taught and there's no wrong way to practice Mm -hmm. if your intentions are good (laughs) yeah well that's what is interesting about this book he does talk about how um he he says that you um if you're like getting into magic you want to have the right intentions and one of the interesting things that he said when you do, and I, you know, I don't know, everybody has different belief systems, but he's saying that when you do something to harm somebody, it doesn't matter how much like protection you think you have. At the end of the day, that negativity is coming from within you and you can end up cursing yourself. Exactly. Um, 
Exactly. And I, I always think back to when we talked to Thomas Moon Eagle mm-hmm. about um, what he said about like certain things like like those love spells and like so on and so forth. Like, people will approach him to do these these certain like spells and there's a karmic debt for that. Like you can't yeah. do that stuff. Like some people you believe what you want to believe. But I choose I believe in the universal laws. You believe in the universal laws. And there's a karmic debt to things. And you can't force will on people without having some sort of consequence. And because the book's very heavy on um, like brews and herbs and um, like ritual baths, stuff like that. And he was saying Uh, that you might have. That sounds fun. You're going to have to like show me this in person. I, I think you should like order it. I'll show you it in person, but I think you're going to want to order it. Uh, yeah, just order, thing, order it. Just order it. <laughs> okay. I really need to order it for Dan, too. Dan, everybody. You get a book. You get a book. <laughs> wine? I want my wine. Where's your wine? <laughs> yeah. There's like a... Like, whew, my wine delivery's here. Oh, I'm good on wine. This quarantine has been working wonders for me. I am thriving right now. Literally yeah. thriving. <laughs> I can't stress it enough. home, like, just going to home. I'm home. Yeah, my sleep schedule is totally fucked up. Like, really bad. Really, really bad. I've only been getting, like, four or five hours of sleep a night. But I'm happy i'm home this is proof that the world still turns without having everybody out of their fucking houses yeah the importance of like self-reflection and focusing on what you need to do yeah Um, but it's just funny because like we actually found olivia because of my self soul searching and self-reflection stuff um, cause we actually, when we interviewed Avi, we talked to him. every time we interview people, they read me, <laughs> Yeah, you know, we, we deal with a lot of mystical people out here and sometimes people can see the truths that you don't want to admit or face yourself, or they can see that you have like a journey ahead of you and are trying to like help you on that way or they feel called to. And Avi had a moment like that with me and he encouraged me to work with certain goddesses to help me work through some issues that I was going through at the time. And in efforts of doing that research, I came across a video that uh, Olivia made um, about one of the goddesses. And then we went down the rabbit hole with her channel and I was like, yay, like this is awesome. And we reached out to her, and that's how we got her. So we hit the jackpot. This was actually a really fun conversation, and it was really nice connecting with Mystic Dylan as well. He's a wealth of knowledge. A wealth of knowledge. So You can learn a lot from both of them. You know, oh, like, both of them, yeah. They both have um, YouTube channels. Yes, and we'll have all that linked down below. And yeah. also, you know, their websites. I love all the resources on Olivia's website. I think I say it during the interview. But she has a lot of like helpful tools for people who are just getting into magic or you know, kind of like like mysticism or what have you. So yeah, and definitely. Mystic Dylan's been in the game for a long time. Oh my gosh, I know. I actually um funny, I was on uh 
I was on YouTube and there was like a documentary um, or some sort of like thing someone did about uh, magic and they like sought him out to to get information. I wish I could remember what it was, but um, they like mentioned him and I was like, oh, shoot, <laughs> like, man, we're really lucky. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess we can let them uh, listen to the interview now. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's right. Let them uh, get some knowledge. <laughs> yeah. All Today we have two awesome guests and we're going to let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Olivia. Um, I am known as the Witch of Wonderlust on YouTube and on Instagram. I'm Mystic Dylan and I'm known as Mystic Dylan on uh, <laughs> YouTube and Instagram. You guys are both very, very uh, knowledgeable on uh, anything in this like, you know, magic realm. Like we saw Dylan, you do like hoodoo and root work, like shamanism. That's really awesome. Um, you guys do a lot of tarot, it looks like, or you do readings? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I've, I think actually probably my first dip into the metaphysical world was through readings. So first it started with palmistry and then it kind of went into tarot. And then it was through the discovery of tarot that I was like, oh, this is linked to something, you know, greater. And then I started getting into to magic and the history of magic. Mm, cool, cool, cool. And then Olivia, I, you know, I love about your um, website. I love how you have a lot of resources for people who are um, beginning their magical journey um, as well. So I'm curious how you touched on a little bit, Dylan, but how did both of you get started in, you know, this? course of study I would say yeah um mine was a little more of a snowball it just I mean you know curious kid and the occult is definitely that uh big dive of like oh there's just so much to learn about so much unknown things and uh one thing really just kind of led to another and then all of a sudden I was like well I guess it's witchcraft now <laughs> so that's just yeah. yeah it wasn't really like a, a one day that I was like oh this is what it is it was just kind of one foot in front of the other Mine was kind of similar. Like, I really do think that it was very much like I I would say it was my environment in the sense that, you know, my my mom really liked, you know, aromatherapy and, and she liked holistic stuff. And then we were kind of in a bookstore and then we had this local bookshop, uh, the Bodhi Tree, that I used to live right next to. And I used to go in there all the time and one book would turn into another book and then I, I discovered witchcraft and, and it just, it just went from there. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually, you know, you slowly, it just starts happening. It seems. Yeah. And it's so funny too, because I think at least for me, I know that a lot of people were like, based on what I tap into and what I do and the spell work that I do and the readings that I offer, people always have this like idea that like, I don't know that I like walked in and something lit up and I had this weird supernatural experience and, and I was teleported somewhere and given this knowledge and then I started and then I wish I had that. It was not, it was not that uh, exciting. At the end of the day, I'm a major book nerd. 
<laughs> well, you have to be. You have That's to be. You gotta learn. There's a lot to learn. But that is funny that you said that because we get. I swear, sometimes people think that we're like levitating over here, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> great ball of. Wisdom. Wait, you're not. <laughs> you're not. You're normal. Olivia, you told me what? I'm sorry, I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so do you guys have any, like, favorite magical practice that you do on a regular basis? Or is there a certain thing that you would, um, I don't know, just brings you a lot of joy to do? For me specifically, like, at the end of the, in a perfect world, I do love the ritualistic practices of magic and the history that comes with that. So I love the idea, and I'm going to preface with the idea, I love the idea of ritual. Uh, the ancient Greeks, Romans, and Egyptians, they have this, this, they essentially made the structure of what we know as, as magic today and ceremonial magic. Um, so I do love that idea in ritual. Um, when it comes to my practice in terms of what I have access to and what I typically do, it's folk magic. It's, it's all about the home and what's available to me. And I think that's something that I learned when I was in New Orleans. So like hoodoo and, um, you know, voodoo or, or the aspects of, I just like the word folk magic because folk is familial or the home. So it's pretty much like I do a lot of candle work. Um, I incorporate that into my daily life. And then um, I work with Grigri bags charms and spells anything that's tangible i i, I like hands-on uh magic okay okay i was just about to ask you guys about folk magic um so how is folk magic different from say other magical practices <laughs> uh, no, I was like, <laughs> folk is a familiar well so the way that i see it or the way that i was learned folk essentially means family Okay, so the folk folk magic is not geared towards one sect or one dogmatic practice. It's pretty much what you've learned through family, what you've learned from uh, ancestral the traditions, things that you picked up. A lot of it is culture based, too. So the folk magic that Olivia practices is going to differ greatly from the folk magic that I practice or that anyone else practices. But what's interesting and what you'll notice across the board is that no matter how different the practices or how different the cultures, I promise you, they all seem to connect in some way. Yeah, well, okay. I, I practice um, both Irish and Filipino folk magic because those are my half and half mm -hmm. uh, sides. And it's funny because like it's uh, I mean, voodoo and hoodoo have a lot of Catholicism in it, but I mean, Irish folk magic has a lot of Catholicism in it and you'll just see like all of these, all of these connections. And I mean, uh, Filipino folk magic looks a lot like Santeria because of the, you know, the, the Spanish took over the Philippines. So that was obviously integrated into their culture. And again, Catholicism is a huge thing. So it looks a lot like New Orleans hoodoo. Um, but I mean, if you look at all of these different folk magics, like Dylan said, it's, it's all really just connected. There's not like, there's not really a def like a defined line between each and every one of them. Okay. Okay. I see. So um, like what I, you grow up with, 
would be considered like folk magic. Um, it sounds like it's um, almost like not to interrupt you, but it's almost like you know you. I'm sure you've grown up with uh, certain traditions or old wives' tales the or the Toothberry yeah. blowing a candle out for your birthday. It's weird to think of it like that, but all that is folk magic. Okay. Does that does oh. that make sense? Yeah. 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 And, and and it's so funny too because I can't tell whenever I tell people this they're like, "What?" And I'm like, "Yes, you're doing witchcraft." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to break it to you. Sorry. And I'm actually going to take it a step further. I recently and only because I just got in this debate the other day, um and and unfortunately I hate to, I have I don't know if it's because I'm a Taurus. I'm not I'm not that knowledgeable with astrology, but like I'm very stubborn. So like I, it's a, I'm very passive, but once I get into debates, I get into debates. So someone was like, <laughs> I'm just prefacing in case like I don't I never want to come off as argumentative. I just get very like He just gets excited. I get passionate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah. someone told me they were like, Well, you know, hoodoo and voodoo, uh, because it's Catholicism, you know, that's not that's not paganism, that's not magic. And and oh. I was like, I hear you. Believe me, um, but I'm going to disagree because the Catholicism that that voodoo incorporates and that the Irish incorporate. Um, remember, Catholicism was made or Christianity was made popular by the Romans, and it was the Romans who really structured a Roman Catholicism structured that idea and they incorporated a lot of pagan practices into catholicism so whether or not you say oh well hoodoo and voodoo are not pagan they may not be pagan at heart well actually that's a lie they may not be pagan at the forefront they are pagan at heart if that makes sense yeah. um because even the way that we look at i mean look at the eucharist okay the idea of consuming um, the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, okay? That comes from pagan traditions, okay? I can't tell you how many pagan um, rituals that you look at. I mean, if you look at the, the Bacchae, uh, which were the followers of Dionysus, they believed that the bread represented Dionysus's flesh and the wine represented his blood. So, I mean, and going forward to that Dionysus theory, if we look at Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras was a way of celebrating Dionysus that we now integrate into Fat Tuesday. And where is that celebrated? New Orleans. You're so passionate. And I'm getting off my soapbox now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You guys are so knowledgeable. I love this. Um, yeah, because like, they're, it's just people just are magical in general. Like, the stuff like you were saying, like old wives tells, um, just these traditions, and it's like we're putting them in boxes, and then, then you know, using that to, to justify being like mean to people or condoning, you know, or condemning people and the like for having a magical practice when it's like you're doing it yourself too. Yeah. So, can you explain voodoo and hoodoo for our listeners? Oh, this is going to be another Dylan one for sure. Oh. <laughs> I promise I'm going to let Olivia speak. I promise. <laughs> you're, you're, like, you're like my OG teacher, so it's fine. <laughs> so, you know, and, and this is another one. I always have to preface with everyone's going to have a different opinion. I always go from what I was taught um, and from what I've read. 
and from an anthropological standpoint. Um, but what I, for modern senses, what I was taught, one, the good, it's good to know that there are different aspects of voodoo. So there is the Haitian voodoo, which is a closed religion that you have to be initiated to. Uh, and then there is a voodoo of New Orleans. Um, typically, that's the one that is spelled V-O-O-D, you know, V-O-O-D-O-O. Um, so the voodoo of New Orleans, so the way that I learned is that voodoo is the more uh, spiritual side. So they're the ones that focus more on the religious aspects, the loa, which are the uh, the spirits of, of voodoo. Um, and then hoodoo is strictly the magical practice. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, does that make sense? So like voodoo would be the religious aspect, hoodoo would be the magical aspect. Oh, wow. I bet people confuse that all the time. All the time. Now, I there's also a book by Denise Alvarado that I recommend. It's called The Voodoo Hoodoo Spellbook. And, and the, she, she really goes into that and that aspect. Um, and, you know, the hardest thing about, I will say, of all the, the spiritual practices and magical practices, voodoo hoodoo is probably the one that gets the most, it, there's so much stigma attached to it. There's yeah. so much controversy. So, like, I get attacked all the time because, like, I don't even, I tend to not even use the hashtag hoodoo anymore because people will be like, oh, well, you need to be, you need to be uh, black or have African ancestry and stuff like that. And, and I will tell you for, for listeners and people coming through, um, from what I, from what I know, well, one, I don't, I feel I don't need to wear my D23 on my, on my chest, but I do, I, you know, I'm part Native American Cherokee. I'm Irish. My dad is Cuban. <laughs> so I have from Cuba. So I, I do have that, that ancestry and hoodoo, hoodoo came via the Atlantic slave trade. Okay. It is African folk magic, but it is African folk magic that has been synchronized with Catholicism, Irish, um, uh, Spanish, Native American. So it's a combination of all those things, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I've associated hoodoo. I mean, it's definitely, in my opinion, I would say like New Orleans, like I associate it with the South too. So I can see how like, let's say uh, predominantly African because of like slavery, you know, they're doing hoodoo, but as time goes, you know, as everywhere gets more diverse and, you know, slavery has ended, I can see the practices like spreading throughout that region um, to like where it's at now where it's like, everybody's doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's also, I mean, you also have to think about when you look at that time period. So when you look from the 17th, 18th, 19th century, it was, you're right in terms of the region. It's, you have that South, it was the majority of the Caribbean. You have Caribbean Obey, which is now incorporated into it. I mean, it's, it's not a, you know, a lot of people think that it's a new practice and it's, it's not, it's quite old. And the other thing too, is that hoodoo is very diverse. There's no one rule in hoodoo, very similar to folk magic. Everyone's going to have their own yeah. idea about it. Yeah. I mean, I think it feels like in recent times you hear it, it's definitely gotten more popular. It seems like on the internet, like you hear about it more but maybe like people don't have the background. They're just kind of like, Oh, hoodoo. And I don't know, making 
doing their own uh, doing spells and the like but not understanding it fully mm-hmm. perhaps yeah well and I think um especially New Orleans hoodoo you know like you think about the one person that everybody thinks about is Marie Laveau right and yeah. you know yeah. she was half Haitian half Irish and her whole reasoning for I mean like making New Orleans hoodoo was so that she could create a practice that everybody could practice and that's why I think there's such a big difference on Haitian hoodoo and voodoo and New Orleans hoodoo and voodoo because it's like one is a closed practice closed religion the other one was meant and created for everybody and like Dylan said it used to be um one of the largest world ports. So you had people from all over the world coming around and sharing their cultures and sharing their religious beliefs. And Marie Laveau took from all of those things and had public rituals for the people that were being oppressed, you know? And so it's kind of like, that's, that's a big part of hoodoo is like he said, using what you have and not really worrying about, um, you know, having certain tools or having a coven or whatever. It's like, just whatever you have, you get crafty knowing that you have the power to use what you have to get. Oh, man. You guys are like a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. That's right. And, and going off of what Olivia said, you know, I call her the Harriet Tubman <laughs> of, of voodoo uh, because Marie Laveau, not, Marie Laveau. Laveau. No, not, not Olivia. <laughs> I just want to preface that. Gosh. Instagram, I can get all these comments. It's going to be like, what? Dylan. No. Um, Marie Laveau is definitely, I, I call her the Harriet Tubman of Voodoo, because here's the thing, too. She, by her being mixed and biracial, she used that to her advantage. Yeah. Yeah. You know? She blended them together. She gave them power. She gave them power. Mm-hmm. She gave them power. She she took the Native American practices, so people that were already oppressed, the Irish, she took the African, and she blended this into a spiritual practice that was diverse that everyone could get their hands on. And she was a devout Catholic, so when people try to tell me that Catholicism is not witchy, I, I laugh. Yes, <laughs> and they have her records. She attended Catholic Mass every sunday and that's why they say catholic in the front voodoo in the back (laughs) (laughs) oh man i didn't like marie laveau like i know her you know like just not i didn't understand fully the role she played i guess wow that's really amazing she she essentially formed what we know of voodoo today you know, she she kind of I wouldn't say she struck I wouldn't say she structured it, but she definitely was the pavement for it. the the when you think of voodoo rituals, when you think of snakes, when you think of bones and all that, that and I hate to say this word, but that aesthetic is primarily due to her. So every Sunday she would go to Catholic Mass, and then remember Sunday was the day off. So she would go to Congo Square. It was kind of the only place where uh, the slaves were allowed to kind of have their break. And she would perform these voodoo rituals in Congo Square. No one could do anything. But what ended up happening is that uh, as it progressed, you had people from different mixes, different races participating in these dances and these rituals. Uh, She was known to dance with a python, which was very exotic. So people were like, oh, my gosh, Um, because the snake represents Dambala, which is the essentially one of the main loa um, and renewal and birth. And then on St. John's Eve, she would do uh, 
quote unquote voodoo uh, baptisms or head washings, and she would just cleanse you of, she would purge you of all your sins and everything. So it was pretty, she was a huge um, influence. And the thing too that I love about her, she was very theatrical. And I think that like she knew, I know I'm such a theater kid, but she knew how to own it. Oh, wow. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, I feel like we should talk more about folk magic. So I guess now I would ask, so we know what hoodoo and voodoo are. So how is folk magic different from those two again? Well, I mean, it's not really different because folk magic is kind of the, the, um, the umbrella term for those two. So those would fall oh, under okay. folk magic, whereas, you know, hoodoo, folk magic is hoodoo and voodoo, but it is also other things. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of- And I would say, I guess, where, I guess hoodoo and voodoo, their primary link is the, the African uh, mm-hmm. uh, synchronization or the African uh, folk magic aspect. Oh, have you seen? Have you two seen the movie Midsummer? No, 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 no not yet. It, it's it's a good it's a good one. Uh, but there is actually a lot of Swedish and European folk magic in that movie. So I mean, it's it's peppered through, but there's actual um, spells and folk magic that they used to use and that have been recorded that they actually tie into that movie. So it's a little less like hoodoo looking because you know it's not hoodoo but it's uh it is like the earth-based folk magic type of stuff okay okay so olivia earlier you said that you practiced irish and filipino um folk magic how did the two differ in certain aspects um i can i can really like i can tell you like how they feel different (laughs) um so you know i think the the filipino folk magic is something that i'm still like looking more into because that side of my family is just a big question mark to me still at the time but I have learned enough about it that I think it's really funny that both of them connect really well in like Catholicism um so I see the Catholic saints or like uh you know psalms like show up all the time in both of those which is really interesting um but the Irish folk magic is a lot more I'm realizing that it's much more fae based. Like there's a lot of fae. There's a, it's a like much more um, light feeling, like spiritual realm feeling. Whereas the Filipino side is very earth. Like it's very heavy. I don't know how to like, I, you know, like not heavy as in like bad, but just like heavy feeling um, as in like, you know, carrying around a rock as opposed to carrying around smoke it's just I don't know how else to explain it but when I'm practicing one or the other that's just how it feels okay okay, oh, okay. wow that's interesting um yeah it's really interesting I was gonna ask you about if fairies were involved with the Irish oh very much so mm-hmm. very much so I um I have yet to learn more in depth about that but I'm saving that because I I have an upcoming trip to Ireland so I'm going to be doing a lot of like dabbling and figuring out you know kind of seeing where that goes of uh just that curiosity with the the curiosity of the fae but what i'm told is that a lot of people still believe in the fae like like how americans believe in spirits and ghosts you know the irish believe in the fae which essentially are the same thing but in a different route like we believe in the the spirits of the dead chilling with us whereas like the fae is kind of those beings that are in between 
the spiritual realm and the earthly realm. Um, there is so much information on the Fae that there is no way that I will be able to go through even with like bullet points, but very interesting, um, very interesting entities. Okay. Okay. We had interviewed a lady who had a fairy attachment and she um, had, wasn't familiar with working with like fairies. And I forget why they, what they did, her and her friend, but basically they used, it must've been, something like what you're talking about, like some sort of like uh, folk magic, I would assume, based off what you guys are saying. But anyways, they call in this fairy to do what she wanted. And then she didn't realize she had to keep like giving the fairy um, like gifts. They're needy. They're needy. (laughs) So when I went to, I didn't go to Ireland, but I went to London and um, my my father, my father was working on a film. I went to London to assist with him and the makeup artists, two of them were Irish and they would put these bowls of uh, milk and honey out for the Fae. And I guess the story, well, not the story, but when I was there, uh, so it's two Irish makeup artists. One is a director, one's her assistant. And then the third girl is British and like, you know, not like whatever. So she, oh no, she was Australian. Cause the British, they would know. She was Australian. She washed out. She was like, what the hell? She no, washed oh out no. the bowls and used them as a makeup dish. Oh, my God. And the oh two God. Irish girls went psycho. Oh. I mean, like, you, they, you don't. <laughs> they were like, what? Oh no. And, like, I just remember, like, they were, like, freaking out. Um, they were in a trailer, so they had to, like, close all the curtains. And they had to do everything. And then they were like we need to find, we need to find. So they were like making little twig things and it was just so crazy oh how, how they took this. And she, one of the girls turned around three times and spit over her left shoulder. Uh, and she only had, um, she only had paper, uh, paper pounds. So she had to like trade and break it for coins and they needed even coin. I mean, it was, it was oh a thing. Gosh. Oh my god! <laughs> they went into full panic to try to fix the situation. Do not rinse out the fairy bowls. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, this the it ended up becoming like a really negative attachment. And she had no idea what was going on. And then somebody's like, Oh my goodness, you have like a fairy attachment. What have you been doing? Like um but yeah, it worked out. So since we're talking about fairies, can you tell us a little bit about fairy circles? So fairy circles, to my understanding, they are, you can look at them either way, either from a logical or mystical or both standpoint, Um, but they are basically quote unquote unnatural formations of uh, natural items such as flowers or um, usually mushrooms that are formed in a circle and, you know, sometimes trees or something like that. But like, if you see a natural thing creating a circle then that is said to be a fairy circle and the idea is that you never step into a fairy circle because that can transport you to the fairy realm and you can or will get lost or stuck in that realm um and it's said never to dance in the fairy realm as well or in the in the fairy circle because so if all of a sudden olivia's instagram (laughs) goes mute 
And you never see a post from her again. You know, I pulled ants in the middle. <laughs> you of know, the she pulled ants in the middle of a fairy circle. <laughs> oh dear, my friend just sent me pictures of one, and I, that's so I was like, oh, I have to ask him <laughs> since we're talking about it. Oh, it's it's funny. also like like Olivia said, it's that, and it's it's the liminal like I I think it's that place in between worlds. You know, mm-hmm. um, also stone circles, even though those are man-made, those are also supposed to be like a vortex or a place to kind of summon the fae. Uh, but it's different in the sense that you have someone creating it to conjure the fae, and then you have like an absolute natural circle. Okay, okay. Um, and so if you're like conjuring the fae, like does the size of the circle matter or what could one do like a small one how does that work it, it can be it can be any size i mean if you look at like if you go to uh europe i like london ireland things like that they have all these stone circles mm-hmm. um and those aren't necessarily primarily made for the fae uh but it def it definitely is a a sacred space that's supposed to be that liminal that and when I mean liminal, that in between worlds. Okay. Yeah, but but I would say like in terms of like an actual fairy circle, that's more along the lines of what Olivia uh, mentioned in terms of the natural like here is a circle and and it is not man made and it's like what. Hmm. Okay. Huh. That it's interesting. Like you know about circles being liminal spaces because i'm thinking of like um like you know different meditation groups i've gone to we've done like a circle formation Mm -hmm. and um and now it's like hitting me like oh maybe that's why (laughs) oh my goodness circles just like magical in general you you see it in every single every there's not one practice or culture or religion that i i'm seeing that does not use shapes but especially the circle yeah circle or or like spiral because that's still the same thing like Mm -hmm. circle spiral labyrinth i mean it's all it's all there everywhere Mm. i never thought of that (laughs) i just never like oh wow um okay so um dylan your practice would fall under the folk magic category as well right yes okay okay Okay, I'm getting it, guys. I'm understanding. Yeah. Think of it, think of it this way, like, okay, so the like just to kind of distinguish, like for me, the folk magic is is folk magic for me is when I'm tapping into like my Native American, my Irish. Um, when I tap into my roots, that's what I when I'm doing like the quote unquote folk magic. Okay. Or when I'm using things from um like to me folk magic too is is less ritual so like when i do if i were to cast a circle and i were going to do a three-day you know vigil of candles and 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 on the fourth day of the sixth moon i i kind of consider that my ritual ritualistic magic if that makes sense Mm. um to me the folk magic is you know like and i know this is weird but like I have a cold and I'm going to drink elderberry syrup. That, that, even though it's weird, that to me is folk magic. Okay. Could folk magic be um, just something that you do, like you're doing on your own, like, a, I don't know, like a blend of like a cold elixir that you make for yourself. 
that isn't absolutely okay absolutely okay okay i didn't know if it had to be connected with like your ancestral lines or um anything no like that. no it's usually just something that you kind of like learn uh you know just anything that you learned like growing up type of thing or um you know when yeah like old wives tales or anything that your mom might have done like um just to make you feel better when you're sick or whatever but another thing you said um i think you said like doing by yourself um which kind of sparked this was uh folk magic and ceremonial magic that's kind of where i draw draw that like diff, like definite line um folk magic is earth based what is it is it like primarily like what like wiccan books call yeah. it low magic yeah. right okay so you know like some people may know it as low magic whereas ceremonial magic is more of high magic so folk magic would be the earth based it can be with a group or with yourself um and it's it's used with the physical items around you where ceremonial magic is much more like in in the the mind space and like in the mind's eye and it's usually used with uh groups of people so chanting meditations um things like that that don't really require a lot of tools it's more like energy direction so i think does that did i explain that okay olivia's rocking it like <laughs> i would say that the easy way of saying it like folk magic you can roll out of bed and do yeah <laughs> ceremonial magic you probably need a shower and uh, yeah. some meditation before. And actually, that's another thing, too. Like, folk magic, think of it, like, to me, folk magic is, like, uh, I'm on my way to work, and I want today to be a good day, so I'm going to stick this stone in my pocket and pick some rosemary, and that's folk magic, okay? A lot of other sorts of witchcraft or ritual, when I think ritual, um, once again, going back to the Greek, Roman, and Egyptian, they had a, a process. So a lot of that was cleansing. So you had to cleanse yourself, you had to cleanse your mind, and you had to cleanse your space, okay? To me, folk magic is, and I, I'm not going to say lazy magic because that's not the right way. Folk <laughs> magic is a quick, tangible what you had access to, because you also have to think of the day, like, okay, that little Irish woman in the cottage, she did not have time to get up at 6 a.m., take a cleansing bath, and, like, you know, do a ritual. Not with her six kids. I don't think so. No. She was going to go to the back, get some milk from the goat, yep. pull that sh uh, sheath of wheat. She was going to pull some parsley, and boom, that's her magic. Wow, folk magic's way more chill. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, and personally, what I found was that if you put those two together, everything is like 10 times more powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, so like if you're like, oh, I'm going to do a, a ritual bath, which is, I mean, like it's folk magic. Yeah. You put everything together. I'm going to do a bath. But if you like cleanse yourself prior, you cleanse your space, you do all, like you put all your tools together and you like consecrate all your tools you're doing high magic and then you turn it into folk magic or vice versa mm -hmm. you're going to get a way more um potent manifestation than you would in my opinion and my experience than you would just using one or the other yay yeah <laughs> yeah like i like folk magic guys this is really like yay. yeah um i didn't know i guess i just I didn't know anything about it <laughs> until, until the two of you explained it. But it's like something that sounds like everybody's probably practiced at least once in their lives. Lucky rabbit's foot, folk <laughs> magic. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Rabbit's foot. Yeah. yeah. In the yeah. early 2000s, early 90s. Put diced in the car window. You guys remember that? 
the fuzzy dice. Yeah, the fuzzy dice. <laughs> Oh, the, yeah, the lucky yeah. dice, yeah. And that actually stems from keeping uh, Mercury on your side, or Hermes, mm-hmm. who is the god of travelers as well as gamblers. Wow. Oh, my goodness. You're great. You just, like, pop out the history of Isn't it great? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, wow. Do you combine... Olivia, your folk, like Irish and the Filipino art, is that something that you do or will you do in the future? Like combining those folk magics or can you do that? Yeah, I think, I mean, like I said, I think a lot of things uh, intertwine pretty easily, but the Filipino side is still kind of like, I'm still unsure enough to the point that I'm not, I don't feel like I'm totally practicing it quite yet but um I do think that in the future it's going to blend together just because like I mean I'm blended together why can't I (laughs) you know why why can't I blend those two um and I just I feel like it's kind of like putting those two together of like having uh that that lighter feeling and that heavier feeling I almost feel like I have that balance of like the fey with the spiritual realm and also like the very, very earth-based folk magic practice with um, the Filipino side of it. Kulam. Okay. Oh, that's what it's called? Yeah, Kulam. And then the practitioner is Maku Kulam. Okay. Interesting. Oh, fun word. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. So you're still like a student of that. Always. I noticed that on your channel, you do goddess work. How did you get interested in the various goddesses that you've... um, you know, that you've talked about. Which videos were you seeing? <laughs> so I was just trying to think back. Oh, I saw, um, you did one on, I think, Kali Ma, and then on your website, you've mentioned them throughout, like, certain, you know, things. Oh, was- yeah. Well, what's funny is I, I don't really feel like I actually work with uh, deities much okay. at all. Um, but the the funny thing is they, they just kind of pop up in my life like that. So the, the Kali Ma one was... Um, I think I was doing an unboxing for a subscription box and they had a ritual in there for her, um, which was kind of strange, interesting. Like, I didn't know anything too much about Kalima um, prior to that, which I wish they would have added more information about her because there was no information at all about Kalima. And she's a very um, intense goddess to work with just to throw at newbies. But Wait, did you just do a ritual about a goddess that you didn't know? That's kind of cool. Well, they threw in that ritual. So they were just like, here you go. Which, again, like, I mean, you know, do whatever you want. But I I still feel like you should have, like, they should have added more information. Um, And then uh, I did do a, a book review on goddesses recently which was a very interesting book because um, they were talking, or she was the artist, wow, the author, I had to compile myself. Um, the author was uh, talking about all the different deities and goddesses that she worked with. And it just got me thinking about like how different goddesses had just kind of like popped up in my life a lot. So when I first met Dylan, it was Persephone that was just like all over the place. And though I don't really work with deities, I do kind of acknowledge like, oh, that energy is like around right now. Um so that's still a realm that I'm like still dabbling in that I don't feel like I'm sufficient enough to really say that I can give you any information on. But mm-hmm. it is a very interesting way of like seeing how that differs in different people's lives, how gods and goddesses pop up. Yeah, I like um, that you said they just have come to you. 
I think that's pretty interesting, um, you know, in regards to just like, oh, it's kind of like, they're like, hey, I want to work with you. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. okay, I And guess I will say for Olivia, like watching her, because we've known each other, what, three, four years. Four years. Um, and uh, one thing that I will say is that I kind of feel like her experience with deities is the way that it should be. And it is organic. And she's never one to be like, oh, I need this. Like, I can't tell you how many witches and practicing witches I have found who attach themselves to a deity or goddess because they walked into a store and they're like, oh, I love this statue. Or um, an artist, like one thing that I got all the time is that someone, uh, I've, I've actually met people who are like, well, this one artist illustrated this goddess so well, she's my goddess, but then they won't acknowledge any other aspects of her because they're only attached to this one idea does that make sense yeah so like i think with olivia the way that it should the way that i see deities they're archetypes so they're personality traits so i relate to and maybe you know it's i will relate to deities that are well within my personality traits already or have personality traits that maybe i don't have at all and that i need okay and i kind of feel like the way that when I look at Olivia and when I watch Olivia, um, the way that she, even though she said she doesn't work with deities, she subconsciously does. <laughs> no, she doesn't. No, because it's not worship. It's, it's acknowledgement, if that makes sense. So she'll read up on deities and she'll be like, oh, this, this resonates with me or this makes sense. Or like when it comes to ritual, you know, it'll be like, you know what? I need strength. So I am going to do this ritual and invoke this aspect of a goddess. A lot of people have this idea that they need to like, you know, worship this goddess or they need to, but worship comes in many different ways. That's interesting too. Just the idea that you're worshiping versus working with that energy. Yeah. The, that's a big thing that I'm, I'm starting to see. Um, Cause again, like <clears throat> I'm not, I don't feel like I, I work with deities all the time, but apparently, apparently I do Dylan. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, like I think, a lot of the questions that I get in my inbox is, uh, oh, I, you know, how do I find a deity or like how, how do I know which one to worship? And it's kind of like, you don't, A, you don't have to worship it. And that's the, that's the freedom of being a practitioner is that you don't have to rely on, um, you know, on another God or deity or spirit or whatever for power, uh, if that's not what you want. And on top of that, it's like, if you know that, that expression, wait, can I curse on here? Yeah, yeah, go for okay. it. I don't, want, I don't want to be rude. <laughs> but you know that expression of like, if you have to force a relationship, it's probably like a fart where it's shit. Or mm-hmm. like, you know, like I've, <laughs> it's a terrible expression, but um, it's true. And I feel the same with spirits of kind of like, if you have to force a relationship with a spirit, like I'm pretty sure the spirit's going to be like, why are you calling me again? Like, you know, like it's going to be, it's going to be really uncomfortable and doesn't feel uh, as powerful and as strong as it should be. Whereas like, even in those books and my reviews and the videos that you were seeing was that that author talks about how those, those deities showed up for her when she needed them. It wasn't like she went out and found this deity and was like, yeah, that's cool. I'm going to take that one. It's, they just kind of showed up and then she did the research on them and realized how those deities connected in her life. And they were more like teachers that came in and out of her life rather than something that was like a replacement of the Christian God to, to worship. That's a really, I really, that's a really nice way of like explaining that. Um, just the idea of 
not just maybe deities, but just other like energies that are might Absolutely. Stuff help you um, maybe just like be open to receiving that help instead of forcing X, Y, and Z. Well, um, and this, I mean, this is a little off topic, but that's, I think that's the idea of to um, invoking like the elements is that you're not literally invoking earth or fire or whatever you're invoking the energies of earth and fire and water and air, you know? And so like, like I was saying when I was explaining my two different crafts was that it's not like heavy. Like if I had to explain uh, the Filipino side, it'd probably be like earth and fire. It'd be like, you know, heavy and intense. Whereas the Irish side would be more like flowy and uh, lighter. So it'd be more on like the air water side and so like I'm not literally saying that it is like you know a river or air I'm just saying that that's the energies that that um implies so it's kind of like when you invoke those energies you're invoking or when you invoke the elements you're invoking the energies not really like the literal elements Hmm. and going off of what Olivia said you know it's weird too because I didn't I found well I remember when I was in a coven we had to share how we experienced like certain deities. Uh, And it was weird because everyone's answer was like, I did this ritual and I needed this. Or, um, you know, Apollo came to me when I was at the height of, of my divination and stuff like that. And you know, what's so funny is that like, I remember writing and I have it written down and I I've shared it before on like Facebook. I've never shared on Instagram. I'm going to do a post, but like, I'll tell you, like, when I go through deities that have come to me, they came to me at early ages, but not in the way, like, full-bodied abs. Like, I would say (laughs) Apollo came to me when I wanted to audition for musical theater, and I was, like, six, and I was shy as fuck, you know? And and I needed that boost of self-esteem, you know? I think uh, Hecate came to me when I first discovered my witchcraft book. And no, was she there in her triple form and she was wearing black robes? No, but that thought, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, And like, I think like, you know, when I think of communication, I think Hermes is always there when I communicate poorly because he just fucks shit up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think uh, sometimes like different energies, whether it be like goddess gods goddesses i mean you know people angels things like that i think sometimes that stuff might come to you but it might not be like like your people are envisioning maybe like this array of light and this like i don't know this being just like shows up but maybe it might be just like a thought form in your mind or a physical sign um like you having the kali ma stuff shipped to you you could say that she came to you in that form and she wanted yeah yeah exactly um yeah there's a difference I think sometimes people get confused like maybe I mean some some people experience seeing like full body emotions but I think a lot of people will miss they'll just miss the uh like the signs of this energy like hey I want to help you and then they're just like oh whatever and just don't like see it (laughs) there yeah Um, and I mean it's totally different for everybody I'm not saying that like if you didn't have the experience that I had then that's not that's not what it is you know but it's just like I think that it's so much less complex than a lot of people make it. And I, I, I think that goes for a lot of uh, practicing or the craft or spirituality at all. Like I feel like 
the idea that a lot of people think it is, is the more complex it is, the better and stronger it is, when in reality, it's kind of the other way around. So what um, advice would you guys give to people who, like, may be listening to this and they're like, I want to start doing folk magic. Like, what, what advice would you give them right out the gate? My first thing is look at your, look at your uh, ethnicity and your heritage and see, I mean, that, that doesn't have to be the, like, that's the only thing you can do. But you know, like that, I think looking at that, you're going to find so much already because in every culture there's folk magic. So even like, what did, what did your parents tell you growing up? You know, like those little things of like, Oh, the, the, like we said, the tooth fairy, that already is folk magic. And if you want to look more into your, um, your culture and just kind of like those things to be a basis and then start finding books on like any, like, you know, like, uh, Spanish, Spanish folk magic, Google that. And I bet you anything, every, like, there's going to be so much that shows up already on that. And then when you, if you want to start practicing to actually start like manifesting things with that, I think just looking at what things that you might already do and then try to apply that in a different way. Would the law of attraction fall into this like realm? Absolutely. I, I think the law of attraction is, is magic. Uh, it's, it is witchcraft. It's just applying it's applying the law of attraction with tools, if that makes sense. Okay. Oh, there you go. And one thing that I will say, too, to go off of what Olivia just said about, like, f- things that we already do and finding ways, one thing that I have found across the board, regardless of who you are, we always have, all our cultures have a natural um, folk witchy way of protection, if that makes sense. Yeah, so hanging what, garlic. Yeah, hanging uh, garlic, onions, salt. onions, salt. Uh, uh, throwing this all over the shoulder, wearing a cross. Mm-hmm. I think what it is now is applying that next step. So the defensive, so now the offensive or the conjure part, as in like attracting things to us. Yes. Because we naturally protect and we naturally send things away and repel. It's now finding things to bring in. So it's just where you start think start thinking that way. It sounds like, and then you'll start noticing like the yeah. And I would say too, like for people wanting to learn, one look at the natural superstitions or folk, uh, uh, sorry, um, old wives' tales that are in your culture or, or what you naturally know. Look into the history behind it. Maybe get a book on superstitions or a book on folk magic and just like it, it just opens up a plethora of yeah you'll go that you, you'll, you'll go, go down, down the, the rabbit, rabbit hole the minute you open it and you just if you just take it and go with it and you don't think too much about it and you're just like oh that's interesting oh that's interesting you're gonna all of a sudden show up with like 40 books and like 20 tabs open on your computer and be like how did i get here <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um that is really funny that sounds like I like um that way of getting into a magical practice as opposed to just like googling um I don't know like it just seems like it's become very popular like the whole idea of like a witch and um, a wage thing so people are just like googling like I don't know money spell or love spell or whatever and it seems like I like you guys take where you're going into like the root of what you're going to be practicing versus just like well, googling something randomly and I, I have a whole I have a whole like low-key rant video about how important basics and uh the foundations are because you know you you can you can cast a money spell every single day of your life and it's you know it's not going to work the way you want it unless you know why and how you're doing like what you're doing and like how you're like why are you going to drive a car if you don't know how to put it in park 
Mm-hmm. It's true. Another thing too is that like my my the danger ugh, someone I might I, blah, this just came to me and 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 Olivia and, and this podcast has now inspired me how to respond to this person Ooh. on my Instagram. Okay. It's it's there's a when you Google a spell, okay. My issue with Google is that a lot of people don't put the resources. So any Tom, Dick, and Harry can go on Google and be like, this is my spell, okay? Look at the essence or the development of the spell because a lot of spells can be cultural or have a cultural foundation. And if you are not familiar, like that's, I think, where the danger is. If you are not familiar of that culture, if you are not familiar of the origins of why or who or when, because um, also a lot of spells can conjure deities. And I can't tell you how many Google spells will be like love spell. And then the the invocation will be like two. Okay. One of them is to Yamaya, who is a, a, a Haitian uh, Loa. And everybody's okay. like, yeah, okay. I'm yeah. Like, okay. Sure. Yamaya. If you don't know who she is, <laughs> if you don't know who she is, you, well, one, uh, a lot of people will just think it's a magical word. They mm-hmm. won't know that she's a spirit or an entity. So I think that's where a lot of the Google kind of scares me. Uh, and I do know several, like there's a book, it's literally just called Love Spells. Half the invocations are to deities. And there's no asterisk, which they should do. They should put an asterisk that says who the deity is or who the spirit is that you're calling. And maybe give some sources on how, like, more to how learn to, about More those. to learn about them. Yeah. yeah. It just seems more respectful to know what you're doing. Like, I don't, like, so, like, you were saying, like, some of these things are coming from different cultures and, and then there are, might be deities involved. And it just seems like there's not as much respect if you're just like, oh, how do I do this? And yeah. like, the research um which i think is pretty important especially you know if you're trying to have like positive energy around like what you're working with right out the gate you're starting in like a funky space totally (laughs) or it's like the fairies like you can you have to keep it going yeah just oh yeah one time and then it's okay thanks they're still there (laughs) yeah you just have a room stay stay woke don't provoke <laughs> I love oh that. God. T-shirts. Let's do it. T-shirts. I need the t-shirts, you guys. Oh my gosh. You know, another thing too is that a lot of people will be like, well, why didn't my spellcraft work? Um, or they'll and this is why, you know, I, I do I offer spell work and I, you know, I charge for it and, and that's a service I provide. But I'm always I have before you get anything from me, I have a list of letting you all know. This is what's going to happen. This is what you need. This this is what's required. I mean, I've had people that were like, oh, well, my spell work didn't work. And I'm like, what happened? They're like, well, you know, it said that it was a four-day ritual. You know, I only did it. I did it I once did it every hour. two days. I did it for an hour. Um, my boyfriend actually ended up calling me, so I thought everything was fine. So I didn't do the rest of the spell work. But now he's decided that he's going to move to, like, Manchester <laughs> and, like, start a new career. And it's like, well. This is um, really specific. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but it's like, you know, did you, did you, did you follow through? <laughs> like, if you don't follow the rules, follow the direction, it can have the opposite effect sometimes. Or, like, a negative Absolutely. turn. Absolutely. That's funny. Or when people like, you know, when you do a love candle for someone, you know, if you're, if you 
want that person, that's awesome. You know, put your energy there, open yourself to attracting that person, things like that. Okay. But I always think it's funny when people were like, well, you know, I did this love spell for someone, but then I was on Tinder and I matched with Joe, you know, <laughs> okay, well, your energy was distracted. No wonder so-and-so is not going to work for you. Yeah. You're like putting the wrong signs out there for the universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I think too, sometimes um, it's important to understand the like karmic I guess aspect to doing like spells you know if you're doing something negative it can come back on you like if it's harmful for someone else or I believe that anyway the law of free will gets involved yeah the law, law yeah. of free will yeah I, I definitely agree in the law of free will and, and I don't like you know I don't like manipulating people mm -hmm. or we're trying to oh. coerce people what's, what's the what's uh Jessica's right no oh Ali yeah. Ali don't pervert the purpose Ooh. oh that's good our friend Ali says that, and yeah. I, love I love it. That. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's manipulate the situation, not the person. Manipulate the situation, uh -huh. not the person. I, is it hard to manipulate people? I know it sounds like silly, but are people <laughs> like is that it, okay? So actually, I'm sorry. Was that the question? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, like I'm curious. Like, if, even if like say somebody did want to do something that to influence another person, would that be harder to achieve because of? I don't know, the other individual's free will and, like, their energy not aligning with that. Does that make sense? So, yes and no. Um, it depends on the person that you're trying to manipulate because – so, say – I mean, like, I, I don't remember. I think I said this somewhere, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, but so say uh, – I'm going to use you as an example, Dylan. So say Dylan just got out of a really bad relationship. He's malleable right now. You know, he's vulnerable. He's very um, – like, I can – he's easily influenced – so that could be for the better or for the worst. So if I'm like, yo, I'm going to get with Dylan, then he's easily influenced right now. And I'm going to like throw a love spell on him. And like he, you know, he's he's not in the right space of mind. So if he is able to be manipulated just by anybody else, like his friend group, then of course I can throw energy at him to easily manipulate him. However, if there's just like no way, because you know, Dylan, you're not gonna, you don't, you're not gonna fall in love with me romantically. As I don't as I know. Wish. You're looking mighty fine. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. <laughs> um, what was that tea you gave me? <laughs> um, but so you know, like if Dylan has no interest in me whatsoever and never has, and I'm trying to like get him to fall in love with me, he's just gonna be like, "Why the hell am I thinking about Olivia all the time? Why did? What is?" Why do I keep being reminded of her? Why is she showing up on my Instagram all the time? But that's not going to make him fall in love with me if that intention on his side wasn't already there. So it just really depends on the person. Um, like I said, if they're already uh, easily imprinted, if they're easily influenced by other friends around them, then of course you're going to be able to have an easier way. But at the end of the day, if they don't want to do it or if they are not going to react on it in the first place they're not going to do it with your influence oh okay oh wow <laughs> and yeah you have to look at the logistics and and the way that she said it too it's not saying that it's not going to work but it would be something along the lines of like you know okay i'm constantly being reminded of her or what ends up happening is that which could backfire for like Olivia in this scenario, say that she did want that romantic relationship 
what could end up happen is that, you know, while I'm vulnerable, I think of her, I become dependent on her Mm -hmm. on a friendship level, which can only cause her more frustration and more pain if what she's wanting is something more. So he's going to take, so basically what you're doing when you're quote unquote influencing somebody is that you're handing them a very strong suggestion. Mm. What they do with that suggestion is up to them. It, it, you cannot control somebody like a zombie. I, I know that a lot of people believe that you can, but I have yet to see it. All of my teachers have yet to tell me that that is a thing. Um, I mean, like across the board, all of my teachers. Mm-hmm. And so uh, from what I standpoint and from where I stand and what I believe right now and what I have experienced, you can hand somebody a very strong suggestion spiritually and energetically, but what they do with it is totally up to that person. Hmm. And you'll know it's possible when, you know, you see that I'm married to Hugh Jackman. (laughs) (laughs) Then, 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 then we'll be having the second podcast. Olivia will be like, like, I saw it. I was was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. It would suck to be like a celebrity if that was like a thing. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's no way. It'd be no way. You, every every celebrity would be with with a witch. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that is what it is. Oh, Maybe they are. We just Beyonce. Beyonce. You cannot tell me that Beyonce and Rihanna are not witches. They are. Yeah. I've heard a lot of crazy like, about all the celebrities. Like yeah. the Kar- yeah. 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 Did you? There's one with the Kardashians. Um, Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a whole conspiracy. Yeah. I feel like yeah. sometimes when I go on these tangents, you know that meme of that guy with like all of the strings attached of the yeah. the, the photos on his wall and he's like, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it all adds up. <laughs> uh-huh, well, exactly. someone tried to tell me that uh Britney Spears toxic was a spell. Really? And I was like, What? Yeah, that it was a ritual, that it was a ritualistic spell. And I was like, You're like, so my next <laughs> my next coven my, meeting. My next coven meeting, we're gonna do toxic. He's the high priest. He's just gonna show up and be like, "Here's, here's your, uh, here's." Yeah, no, 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 no. He, he turns on the Bluetooth speaker. He's like, "Okay, everybody, get get in the get in the game." <laughs> Take a sip of my devil's cup. <laughs> oh my god! Okay. It, it does- I'm looking that up. I'm looking I'm- right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, huh? It's juicy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, do you guys have any books you would recommend for anyone um, interested in starting their own practice, and in particular, folk magic? The age-old question. I would say anything by Denise Alvarado. She has a oh, voodoo yeah. hoodoo spell oh, yeah, book. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, she has a wonderful book on uh, Marie Laveau. Marie Laveau's uh, book of magic and practices. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a charm bag book that I picked up. I, I'm sorry, I do not remember the author, but it's literally called um, "The Art of Crafting Charm Bags," I believe. And that one's a really great one, just because I think charm bag. I mean, charm bags are totally folk magic, and they're super easy to make. Uh, and there's a can like candle magic. Like literally, there's so many books on those that I feel like um, is a great, great resource. Sigils. Oh, Sigils by Laura. Zakroff. That's a really good one too for folk magic because again, sigils are so diverse. Um, um, very good for uh, what's for beginner and um, people who are practicing in secret. Our sigils, sigil book. 
There's a book called uh, 365 Days of Hoodoo by Stephanie Rose Bird, which is really good. Uh, she also does uh, Roots, Bones, Bones, Roots, and I forget the other one. I think it's Conjure Roots and Bones. But she has she has two really good books. Okay. Oh, we're going to look all these up. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, our book list yeah. just gets longer and longer the more people we Oh, that's the best. I literally have like eight books on a on a pile in my room that I'm just like guilt, like just trying to truck mm-hmm. through right now. There's also a good folk magic book by a uh, DJ Conway too, which is really good. But so, is there anything that you want um, to let our listeners know before we wrap it up? Uh, I mean, like a self promo. Dylan has a podcast called The Witch and the Medium with a wonderful medium named Adela Levine. She is amazing. And uh, he also runs a YouTube channel and also has an Instagram. I love, I love you. This is why I'm doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like I said, I also have a YouTube channel. Mine is more experimental and um, much more kind of like, I'm just figuring this out too. Hers is badass. So I just kind of take you along that journey. And then my Instagram isn't super witchy. It's more just like photos and pole dancing, but you know, but it's you. <laughs> but but Olivia is very good at offering the resources. I'm very good at saying, "Look what I'm doing," <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then I give you, and then I, and then my, and then my post is essentially a history lesson. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys are like I said, a wealth of knowledge. Um, and Olivia, your website does have a lot of like resources. I noticed. Oh, great! Um, I'm glad. Thank you. Yeah, I think um, I think you have like the downloadable things too for um, people if they wanted. So we can link that below. We'll link both your websites. Yeah, and your YouTube Perfect. channel. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you guys for uh, being on the show. <laughs> Absolutely, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. As usual, at the end of every episode, we like to send our listeners distant Reiki. We recommend not driving or operating machinery because it might make you a little sleepy. Uh, We suggest sitting in a meditative state or um, in a comfortable spot. Though it's not required, you'll still receive the energy. Uh, When the music starts, the Reiki session has begun. At the end of the song, it is over. If you would like to learn more about Reiki, you can go to our website at arlene.com slash Reiki. Thanks for listening. Bye.